So, so much for that vacation. short-lived break from Game Bones. Well, guys, sometimes the content demands that we drop to our knees and pay homage, uh, or I think in this case it's just homage, to mm-hmm. homage. the gods. All of them at once. All seven plus whichever deities that you or the people inside of the story that we all love so much uh, desire to pray to or something like that. This is our one episode this week because something magical happened on Sunday night, didn't it not, Eric? It was, and, you know, for, for something that was called a foreshadowing. I, I would have to say, after having seen this video, that they really seem to have adequately named it. I, I think that really I was worried about spoilers. I was worried about a ton of stuff from the upcoming season and, you know, masquerading as sort of a, a documentary that's only supposed to be a light tap. But really, they, they I feel like they held back a little bit in terms of uh, showing us stuff and instead focus on telling us stuff. Yeah, there was a few hints of of actual plot lines, you know? I think that, like, when, when Daenerys was talking about troubles with her ruling and stuff, that's not something yeah. I necessarily would have guessed. But mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, it's something that we said would happen. We're like, this is just the natural progression of things. You take over a city, you don't have a plan, some bad things are happening. You have to have some managerial skills moving yeah, forward. That you know was I mean? my favorite part of this doco, because I was like, yep, we talked about that on Game of Thrones. We were like... <laughs> Didn't we? I mean, at yeah, least did, yeah. at least two episodes during the show, we were talking about um, Daenerys and how she has no plan and just continues to cause a ruckus and free slaves and stuff. And it's it's really noble and great and grand, but you know, it's 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 also destroying their socioeconomic like system of actually surviving. So, uh, very interesting that that was one of the very few things that we learned uh, is going to be an issue actually for for Danny and. Uh, Amelia Clark actually was was talking about that a little bit. We're just really excited, obviously. We made this special episode because it happened, uh, because a lot of you guys were kind of like rooting for it to happen. So we're meeting on an evening, and we I just think the excitement level moving into season four is so much more heightened because they took the time to do this feature. And so strategically placed, dude, in front of the best True Detective episode. The best, one of the best episodes of it television was the best I've one. ever seen. Oh, dude, it was so good. Oh, so no way. Good. The last six minutes of the uh, entire episode was a complete one shot on a Steadicam. And it was just, I mean, I can't even tell you. Like, you, you're going to have to watch it. Not to break I am a goo. fan of the long take. Everyone dude, knows this. I was super, like, the staging and the timing they did with everything, it was beautiful and awesome. But like I said, I feel like it was strategically placed this featurette because so many people tuned in for this i mean i even sat in front of actual old school television you know to watch this i didn't wait for it to go up on hbo (laughs) go and uh i did wait to watch true detective on hbo go so it didn't really work but you get what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna watch it anyway (laughs) yeah no you you have to admire the the game of uh thrones team for even creating something that i think really hits a lot of uh points and and is is for everybody you know it's it's for people who don't want to be spoiled it's for people who do want a little bit of like a you know like a handful to take away of you know some cookies or something but but really it doesn't spoil anything and at the same time it really features what i didn't expect was it features all these interviews from the cast and again questions that were crowdsourced uh, or sourced from fans and viewers on twitter and actually has the cast responding to and it's not just a couple it's not just a 
uh, 50th anniversary Beatles will play one song and get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. You know, this, this was, uh, utterly at least I would say eight to 10 of the minutes were devoted to actual showrunners and actual actors and actresses talking about and answering specific questions. Yeah, it was cool. And I thought the title, um, was, was nice because so much we've seen Game of Thrones be branded over the top of Georgia's series, which is actually called A Song of Ice and Fire. Right. And, you know, titling it Ice and Fire, a foreshadowing, I thought was a really nice little nudge because that's what this was. This was so much about what has happened. And the way they, they, they've reached that conclusion with all their discussions was by utilizing those fan questions. And it kind of allowed the cast and crew to reflect on certain things. Like when they were asking about you know, the saddest death, you know, there was a, a point where someone was talking about <laughs> Ned's death. And, you know, so it was a good way to kind of. Yeah, get the full scale and catch up without details on what sort of has been going on and establish the mood moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I liked I really liked that question. And I just have to say, though, and some of us uh, or some of our listeners have already submitted their own <laughs> for this for this clip, right. which is great, because honestly, the fact that we didn't have to prompt you. Um, oh, wait, we did. did. Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a busy day, sir. Well, 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 (laughs) you know, you have had a busy day, Zach, but, uh, you know, okay, well, we did get some owns, but, uh, and I'll, I'll steal, I won't be stealing ahead with two E's, but I will steal S-T-E-A-L, um, one of them right now because, uh, let me actually find out who said it. Ariadna, uh, Quijano, Quijano? Kehanu. Ariadna Kehanu. Yeah, Kehanu Reeves there. Uh, <laughs> says, Gwendolyn Christie, and I must agree, glorious Brienne, laughing her butt off at having bitten a man's ear off and spat it in his face. That was amazing. I completely yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Gwendolyn Christie was having at least five times more fun than everybody else. And, and still, everybody looked like they were having a great time. But man, can she laugh. And it's it's infectious. I was laughing. I was like, oh, she's laughing. <laughs> she, spit his, she bit his ear off and spit it in his face. Ha <laughs> ha. It happens. It does. Why don't we go through some of these? We're, we're all excited. And we kind of, you know, you, you guys watched yeah. it. You're listening okay. to this. Uh, I'm going to read just the, off the top of our Facebook post here. Jennifer Christian says, I rewound the video. That's a little old school terminology for you kids listening. <laughs> rewound. <laughs> I rewound the video about three times. I haven't seen that word typed ever. Just want to let you know that. About three times. Yeah, I haven't. To see him in all of his glory. Uh, And she's talking, obviously, about Drogon, which is the very last shot before the credits. Um, The Mother of Dragons has some big babies now. Mm -hmm. Wow. I see in this screenshot. I don't remember this scene from this. This is going to be a repeat of the whole. I didn't really see that. It was the last shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but just looking and that that is some creative capping, whoever got that. But uh, yeah, it looks like he's impaling some dude with his tail. And even if not, he's hovering above him about to roast him. And and even if not, the dragon's (laughs) like five times the size, like, no, no, greater, greater. At least 10 times the size of a single man. And, uh, yeah, dig the color palette, really. <laughs> There's definitely some growth on that dragon. Oz Morlo on our Facebook says, great clip. Goat is like, you're on your own. See that goat in the very, the foreground of the shot sprinting away? That was a goat running in <laughs> the shot. Yeah, you have to go back and watch it. A goat was I running away. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, very, very That's cool. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, And you talked about the dragons, and that is another one of those things that Amelia is talking about is, the possibility that – and so, something that I guess they always knew or Daenerys – she sees Daenerys as having always known that the dragons will one day grow big enough to overtake her, 
you know, and it's, it's not something that she can necessarily contain. It's a force of nature. And, you know, I personally think that they're drawing too much like drama there, like, cause she's their yeah. mom. And I really think that it's an important uh, story that she can control them. I, th- I think that's the way that I just feel it. But uh, if they do become unruly and everybody has that awkward teenager phase, right? Right. Uh, pimples on my face. I don't want to be seen. Is that don't a goat? take me out. You know, any number of other uh, adolescent uh, arguments that that you you and uh, a mother would get into. But uh, you know, barring any of that, I think that it is. We are forced with the idea that there are these forces at play that people can't control, and and so it's an allegory to the to the greater issues, just like what's happening at the wall with the White Walkers and all that stuff. Right. I think they they paced it perfectly though in the video to show this little shot because I think at the very end they were like, "This is the big series. All this stuff's happening." It's like, yes, that's true. You know, they were so excitedly saying, and everyone was saying excitedly that. You know, clearly episode nine has been the big episode up until now, but they're happy to report that season four is going to have a very steady pace of oh shit moments. It's like, okay, I'm happy to receive that report. <laughs> right, which which is exciting, and I'm kind of not really glad. I'm sort of not glad. I'm sort of glad that oh, Mike really? is not here. That Mike We're is not here. For another huge nine, right? Well, the thing is, if he's... If he was here, he could tell us things like, oh, yeah, Danny, I mean, that's not a big deal. She takes care of her dragons. <laughs> or, or yeah, you know, it's just, but, but I mean, we've truly right now, and a lot you of you know, guys listening have read, and a lot of you guys haven't read. So we, I, I think half of you are with us on this, and the other half are just laughing, just barrel. Just you've got the Gwendolyn Christie, like, cackle going on right now because we're just like, what happens to these dragons? You know, just going back to Facebook here, uh, Kim Gabrielson says, my favorite OMG moment was definitely the Oberyn playing with fire. I am finally confident he will be the oh, most wow. awesome character in the season, and that's saying a lot. So going off what you were saying here about, and, and what they said about many awesome little moments, you know, that was another one of those very few storylines that we actually got some information on. Who is this character, or rather, what is he doing at King's Landing? And we find out that he essentially uses the invitation to Marguerite and uh, Joffrey's wedding to show up and then he kind of plants himself in and uh, starts causing some trouble. And I thought that was very interesting. It was obviously not the full story, but I thought it was interesting enough to – now I'm finally intrigued because before I was like, ah, we pay our debts too was his big line from the trailer and I'm like – so what? Okay, but now I kind of like the guy and just knowing that he's called the Red Viper – really was enough to pique my interest. But now that we've seen the actor talk about the character and a little bit of backstory was all I needed to, now I'm on board. So We know a tad bit about his past and his problems with people that work with and for the Lannisters. So I think that it was cleverly written by George to have this excuse to input himself into the King's Landing situation. Yeah. I really like the commercialism that they're approaching the season and the show with because they didn't have to make this, you know, they didn't have to, to to spice it up like this. And I was wondering like how many of these good ideas do they have in their back pocket or do they sort of lead into the, each season, you know, like we're going to put all that we have in all bets on the table, all of these good ideas, you know, and like even the title, I feel like ice and fire foreshadowing. I mean, they could have used that between season four and five and maybe there'd have been more happening then. It would have been more appropriate, you know, maybe, I feel like they're they're putting all in on each season because they really feel so strongly about each one and they know that it's going to be a big deal 
and they're sort of like, all right, clean slate over the summer. And when we restart filming, we'll start thinking of all those good ideas again. You know, like we'll think of even better ones for the next season. Yeah, maybe. And that's that's the coolest thing, I think, was when they were talking about going forward from the Red Wedding. How do you move on? Right. Um, and and really remember that this was very different. I But I have to compare it to the quote from last year, which going into season three, they were like, this is the season. This mm-hmm. is where it's leading to. And I know Micah and Selena both uh, got scared. Uh, about that because they really felt that some of the later books had good stuff, all this stuff. But really, season four appears to be the season. Right, <laughs> the, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I mean. That's exactly Nobody what I mean. said that season three was boring. Nobody said that because, like previous seasons, it led up to episode nine, all the other episodes were boring. Right. Nobody is saying that. But by saying that there are a lot of little moments or a lot of big moments spread out through this series, it really does seem to be, and I think somebody does say, on a per-episode basis, there is more fighting. There is more struggle. Right. And actually what uh, Maisie said that intrigued me was that the good guys are finally in a position or positioning themselves to fight back. Which will be nice to see. Yeah, I was blown away because I'm trying to count. I think you can do it on one hand how many good guys there are left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've got a hand left, that is. If you have a hand, uh, yes. It, it was impactful to me when it started out because I think from the trailer over the past month or so, we've deduced that Tyrion is in some kind of trouble. And so Eric and I especially are just kind of like out of sorts and all this. We're like, okay, we can have our own ideas and our own theories when it comes to what exactly could happen. But at the end of the day, this this featurette um, shows Peter Dinklage, you know, talking about Tyrion, about how this is like such a dangerous season for him and that he's being faced with all this public humiliation that he can't talk himself out of this time. And I just, I literally, dude, I can't think of a single reason, you know, I can't, I have no I, idea I, I, I was why it's ask happening. You. Yeah, I was going to ask you. All I know is that Oberyn Martell kissed Shay, and that was in the featurette. And I, I don't think that has anything to do with it, but it he could. He totally you know? kissed Shay right in front of Tyrion, and she yeah. looked like she didn't necessarily hate it all that much. I mean, whatever. I mean, <laughs> she wants to get back at him for Sansa. That's the thing. She's so vindictive, and it's probably against the character in the books. But Tyrion and that whole thing. Look, I, I mean, I'm about to do the rewatch. You know, leading into the season, so that we can, you know, so that I can be on par as like caught up with everything that happened but i do not remember Tyrion having this huge falling out with his family that would cause him to be always wonder like an inch from death and he's finally with jamie now which was cool that we got to see a little on-screen okay that that made it for me i'm still not sure about jamie's hair okay why oh come on it's a haircut who cares yeah no i'm sorry no it's too short it's too modern i think uh but if he was sitting in his own crap for months and months and months i'm sure i would cut all my hair off too but still i'm i'm not okay with it i think they maybe should have i don't know uh moved time forward three months so it could go along again (laughs) something like that the time machine just seeing him and Tyrion together and and i remember maybe they had a scene or two in the past but because we're more familiar with the characters now that they're in the books you know now that we're in the books i should say now that we're more familiar with the characters, and I think we've Nikolai had a very strong season last season, um, despite the fact that he was not in a position of power. Now that he has that back, I mean, the queen is there, he is there, the lovers are reunited, and then there's the little imp brother who has always gotten along. And I think it's implied in this video too that Jamie um, continues to protect. Tyrion in a way from his sister and and so I really for how little time I've I spend being interested in the Lannister subplot I think it's gonna increase um 
this year. And I've always liked Tyrion, but like Tyrion and his sister, it's funny as hell, but I don't like, I don't necessarily, that's not what I go to see it for. Um, but Jamie and Tyrion, I'll go see the show for. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy tickets to that is what you're saying, right? I'll buy t- I, what I'm saying is you got to see Jamie fighting. I think it was Braun. I think we'll go ahead and just, just assume that it was Braun, uh, one handed in a sword battle, which, <laughs> which, which, which would attest to your theory. That Jamie gets back on the horse, so to speak. Yeah, somebody's like, yeah, Braun has the best lines. I, I think he meant to say owns, though. That he has the most badass quotes. Yeah, they forgot to say owns. People, listening. they forgot to say owns. Hey, we're working on it. With, yeah, we're uh, working on it. Our agents and their agents, and uh, pretty soon you're just gonna see owns everywhere officially. But um, yeah, they're having you know, lunch. I, going back to the the questions and some of the audience, uh, you know, participation moments. Uh, asking people, like you said, who you know, who was the saddest death, as well as what was it the Hound said about Joffrey? <laughs> Something about him being. Uh, someone quoted on Facebook. Here, let me read it. This is off of our Facebook. Samantha Jones wrote the Hound owned by saying Joffrey. Joffrey's a wee prick. He has <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice eyes, though. Well, for the first time, I felt. I mean, I've always felt kind of bad for Jack Gleason. But he's kind of opened up, I mean, at least in this video, and been like, okay, it's fun to get that reaction out of people. It was cleverly edited, I think. I hope that he can live it down, you know, one day and and, and maybe get other roles that he is a dramatic lead in that everybody loves. Um, But for now, you know, and for the foreseeable future, uh, at least he has – he seems to have uh, come to terms with the fact that he – his character is the way that – Joffrey is. Before we go too far, can we talk about the fact that Sam was almost ran over by a quad bike, aka a four wheeler, if you're from where I'm from? <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I thought that was beautiful. And that's uh, the backstory, obviously. Who knows what they chased him with this season? <laughs> a three wheeler. Very dangerous. If you turn too sharp, you may flip. And this clip also did a very good job of showing some of the harshness of the areas where they film and, you know, just to be on a set that looks like, uh, the the keep talking about castle black the men's watch uh, castle, castle black. black just a set that looks like castle black and they showed they like pan back and showed the whole thing and i'm like wow um but being chased by a quad bike you know and they are in freezing cold temperatures and i forget what else uh happened in this video but uh, it really does remind you that these are professional actors uh but they, they probably course. go through they go through a lot to actually put on screen what we see uh, on screen or something close to it and so to get the real effect just reminds me of like what kubrick did to scare the hell out of uh the woman from the shining and other stuff that uh, directors do to, to get a performance but it works it's for it's art and they're creating art and really i also felt bad because even the character of sam at least going into season four is what do you say arguing more with Jon snow i think that'll be interesting though i hope so um he said they're more like equals and i guess that's because sam has the weapon to kill them. Well, that and he's kind of had his own journey and he's been with his own girl. I think he's growing up a lot, being able to speak to girls. I know that sounds really shallow and weird, but I think he needed that time off to himself and a new friend. You know what I mean? I think that's fair. There's a certain kind of, there's a certain confidence that only a, a woman's love or a woman's touch can <laughs> bestow on a man. I think it's, I think it's fair to say. I mean, I suppose it is fair to say. I think I, th- I think that's a fair a fair assumption. It's an opinion anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's it's a fair assumption. I, I do want to comment though that uh, Castle Black seems so much more grand than in the first season because obviously there's more money and obviously there's more people watching. Mm, so I didn't the, think about there being more money. Yeah, the pressures there. 
but it was definitely more elaborate. And I, I just think that we're going to see a new polish, just like we saw in season three being above the last season. And I think even the next season following this will be even more grand. So there's there's really a lot to look forward to. And I think if the the shots that we got to see of the royal wedding are any like litmus to what is coming forward, oh, I think it's going to be awesome. Wedding. Yeah, Ugh, that was, I was very... So, they showed like the extras moving and talking and, and blowing fire like – but it wasn't a clip from the show. Did you notice that? Yeah, they're just it, having like, a good time. Yeah, it was just a party that was happening at this. And, um, you know, Joffrey looked good. Marguerite looked good. The the wedding is just whenever it happens. We don't know what episode it's in. Um, But it won't be nine because you can't do a wedding in episode nine. You just can't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rule on TV now. No episode nines are ever allowed to have uh, weddings in them. Everything looked. And I think it was right for Jack, who I believe is talking at the moment, to talk about how Joffrey really wants that pristine look. Um, and it is the best artisans of the age are, you know, his to command, but still they really do pull it off. And to think about re real artisans in the real world who had to make that for the film, um, it makes me wish I had a lot of money. Well, I mean, there there is that. I, I can say, though, dude, if you're ever hanging around on a set for too long, you got to do stuff like fire breathing and massaging other people's <laughs> shoulders and dancing down the staircases just to oh, stay sane yeah. sometimes. You really, really do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tyrion and uh, <laughs> Jamie's dance. That reminds me. We we did get just a bunch of tweets uh, over on Twitter. I know we read some from our Facebook, but I should love to continue the ownage and continue hearing from our listeners and viewers of the show who were kind enough to write into us. All right. Well, why don't we just do this? Let's crack into some old school Game of Owns action. And Eric can read the tweets in one minute, 45 seconds or less. Go. Emily Carter says, OMG, how huge are the dragons? They are going to fucking own. <laughs> this season is going to be awesome. Miss mm. Lane at the left lane on Twitter says the own obviously goes to the goat getting the hell out of Drogon's way. Too bad he left Aberforth behind. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> He'll make it out. Scott Glennon says the own goes to Dan and Dave. That was just wicked. Agreed. Very. And it's nice that they're still appearing in these interviews because I do want to hear from them. Remember, they are the two men foremost behind this adaptation as mm -hmm. we know it. Steffers at Beyond <laughs> the Veil. I love Steffers as like a nickname. That's cute. That's a good one. My own for Game of Thrones regarding the Game of Thrones foreshadowing was how fucking big Drogon <laughs> was. And then I love how the F word is associated with this dragon like fucking big it's you the best adjective for, mm -hmm. for a dragon yeah mm -hmm. okay Annette uh, at time travel wife on twitter says my own goes to Nikolai and Peter for their cute little dance number alright <laughs> she doesn't need to see the full version she's uh, just pleased with what we got Pisnelki uh, <laughs> D Pisnelki in German uh, on twitter says my own goes to Red Viper he's one hell of a sexy slut <laughs> <laughs> I don't go. know if the content backs that up but and uh, why the hell not yeah why the hell not interesting question from the fire of Belden why don't you try Wire to read his username <laughs> yeah fuck that lowercase x oh, capital x Open parentheses, capital S1, uh, forward slash, backslash, forward slash, backslash, three zero, wall, uh, forward slash, wall, close parentheses, capital X, lowercase x. There you okay. go. At the fire of Belden on Twitter says, why are all the weirwood tree faces at ground level and not way up the trunk if they were carved ages ago? What? I'm blown away. Do you get this? I mean, maybe the trees children of the grow. forest were small. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> the children of the forest were really tiny. Read the next own. 
fire of Belden. Thank you for that. Yeah. Look, trees go taller, but they also grow wider. So if if that particular uh, species of tree was focused more with growing wider than taller, um, then you would have the situation where the face is still pretty low to the ground. Let's talk about flora and fauna, okay? In this case, <laughs> flora specifically. We're talking about the canopy of the tree extending all the way down to the ground. Agreed. Wrapping up this segment, there are still about 20 more tweets to get to. <laughs> uh, okay, the Lady Ash says, Jamie and Brienne shots gave me the feels. Also, they both clean up pretty well. Oh, yeah, Brienne gets her own armor, doesn't she? She does. Also from Pishnoki, or D. Pishnoki. Uh, Pishnoki, I feel like I should have taken German just so I can pronounce it. The Red Viper owned the foreshadowing special. He's one hell of a sexy slut. Why did Again. that come up twice? Why did that come up twice? Vlad Tudor, just in case we missed it the first time. Uh, Red Viper, sexy slut. Got it. Vlad Tudor says, my own ghost of Drogon for leaving me open mouth and then fangirling for ten minutes. Oh, wow. Megan Webster says, Gwendolyn Christie for hysterically laughing. The Lady Ash says, the royal wedding looks insane. As does Marguerite's hair. What is she packing in there? The sink course i think we'll ask for what the audience thought she was packing in there during the episode that's a good whenever idea. that happens to air we'll put that in our pocket save it for later and wrapping up the tweets here kevin bloomfield says my own goes to the feature itself for saying a lot and giving tons of info without spoiling anything or unsullied meta ida askoff also adds my own goes to Maisie williams because her favorite character is cersei lannister like me she has redeeming qualities okay okay question mark here's another dragon versus fuck <laughs> steffers again says my own is definitely drogon being so fucking big and then she says there be dragons afoot y'all she did it again uckin says hodor that's a good it's kind of poetic if you it think is, about it. In a way. And we heard a few from Ed at Smiley Man Comics on Twitter. He says, My own goes to the unsung, all the folks in the credits who went unnoticed as we marinated in our seats after Drogon's roar. Okay, that's fair. Rubrius Gallus, who, <laughs> let's face it, I'm going to need a minute after I read anything from this guy. Rubrius Gallus. Uh, <laughs> own. Finally, Martell's, the greatest house in Westeros, at long last enters the picture. Vengeance for Elia. Poor Elia Martell. We'll play a song for you. There are way too many tweets and owns to read. We just tried to fit them into an Eric Reads a Tweet segment, which is now over. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we uh, There's so many, and we'll get to them probably as uh, we record more in the future. And this is going to be the last episode this week because Mike is off traveling. As you guys all know, he's working the All-Star Game down in Nolens. But there are more chances in the future. We've been taking into account so many of the things that you guys have been writing in regarding uh, our content in this gap session. I really don't know what to call it still. Neither of us know what to call it. So please keep those flowing. Refer to our previous episode for more uh, information on that. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like, Eric, now there's just so much more to do and to talk about that we've had this feature at. That's true. I agree completely. And uh, it really succeeded in, in an area that I didn't think was possible and making me want season four even more without feeling like I know everything that's going to happen. So that's really nice. Yeah. I know next to nothing. Somehow Theon will rise and get out of his cage. <laughs> that's all I know. Well, I think that the, you can hold that close to your heart, Eric, and moving forward and use that warmth to guide you through this cold and long winter. Hey, it'll be spring by the time uh, the show's back. Eric, let's not let spring come around before you tell the fine folks listening at home how to get in touch with On us. On Twitter, okay? we are located at twitter.com slash Just perform a compo- uh, perform <laughs> button. 
Click a button that says compose your tweet. Perform a new tweet in our general direction um, by hitting at and then Game of Owns on Twitter. On Facebook, you can scroll upon our wall or respond to our Facebook posts uh, in kind by going to facebook.com slash Game of Owns. And if you wish to email us, you can do so at contact at gameofowns.com. Our show lives, breathes, thrives, and dies on winnerscoming.net. That's the community that most of you guys are from and have found our show from. So we welcome you into our open arms in the beautiful, glorious comment section to speak words with us and to carve this future that is our show, that show, and the wonderful, wonderful book series. Eric, did you like that? Did you hear the violins playing? I can hear the violins. You know, you said lives, breathes, and dies over winter's coming. And I was <laughs> thinking, I hope our show doesn't die anytime soon. Um, but it's not. It's more alive than we promised it would be. So, hey, there you go. Bonus episode on Tuesday. Booyah. So without further ado, that person who was just speaking was Eric Skull. And without further ado, I will say adieu to Zach Louie. Don't let the Briennes <laughs> of Tarth bite your ears off. Com. spit them back at you in your face <laughs> <laughs> i bit a man's ear off and i spit it in his face <laughs> she was so happy when she did that